Welcome to the Way of the Emotional Warrior podcast. Where we investigate how to master and harness the energy of our emotions to regain our power, vitality, confidence, and quality of life. There are tons of websites, books, videos, and courses that speak about changing your thoughts and mindset. You know, three steps to this, nine tips for that. Old school personal development told us that all of our blocks come from the brain and our thinking process. However, new research proves that our thinking and decision making actually comes from our emotions. After all, emotions are energy in motion. Emotions drive our money decisions, life choices, relationships, and even our health and fitness. Having the life of freedom and joy that we all crave requires that we first master our emotional state. Welcome to The Way of the Emotional Warrior. Welcome to another episode of the podcast called The Way of the Emotional Warrior. Today we have an interview and I think it's going to be really exciting. Uh, his name is Dan Shockley, Dry Doc. You're going to have to explain why that's in there. So <laughs> anyway, uh, he has an amazing story for us and he's going to give us some really great tips from his own experiences that show us what it is we should be looking at as emotional warriors to sort of get ourselves prepped to be uh, more in charge and better able to master our emotions so that we can live a healthier, qualitative life. All right, Dan, tell us your story and what you wish to enlighten our audience with. Uh, thanks, Kai. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, share my journey on your platform. And... Um, you know, I retired from the Navy. Um, I served 22 years on active duty from 1981 to 2003. And while I was in the Navy, I was assigned to seven different ships. And of those seven ships, three of them had been deployed to the Persian Gulf. So I spent uh, quite a bit of time over in the, in the Middle East. And the last two years on active duty, I was assigned to a naval base in Bahrain, which is a little island off the coast of Saudi Arabia. And I was there when we started Operation Enduring and Operation Iraqi Freedom. Then I wow. retired and started my civilian life. Then when I turned 50, I had uh, scheduled my colonoscopy, my first colonoscopy with the at the time, I was residing in Hawaii. And the VA clinic, I had my colonoscopy performed. Now, the results of that colonoscopy revealed 100 polyps embedded throughout my colon, rectum, and anus. And of those 100 polyps, one of the polyps was in my ascending colon, creating an 80% blockage. Now, I didn't have any symptoms, no side effects, no family history of any colon problems. Now, my GI doctor, he recommended that I go see the certified genetic counselor at Triple Army Medical Center, which was right next door. So I went over there, sat down with the counselor and a colorectal surgeon, discussed what they thought that I had and had the DNA testing, the germline DNA testing conducted. The results wouldn't be coming back for at least three weeks. So 
my genetic counselor provided some resources for me to read about the mutation that they thought that I had. So I started my own research, uh, personal research journey. And my mindset was I tend not to think about things I'm unable to control, such as medical issues. What I can control is my positive attitude. And after five decades on God's green earth, my positive attitude has brought me this far. Why change now? So the six weeks after the tests were conducted, I received a call from my genetic counselor that she needed to see me with my colorectal surgeon. She informed me that the results just came back and I have a hereditary colon cancer syndrome. It wasn't the one they thought that I had, it's the one more rare. So what I have is attenuated familial adenomatose polyposis. I know that's a mouthful, so the acronym is AFAP. Now, AFAP will impact individuals if they were gonna have it between 50 and 55. So I was right there, excuse me, I was right there in the window for that um, diagnosis. So the best practice in medicine is to have my colon, rectum, and anus removed and have a permanent ileostomy because any of those polyps left unattended have a 100% chance of developing the colon cancer. So I agreed to the surgery and my surgeon looked at me and he says, Daniel, that's what I thought you were gonna say. I've already booked your, your uh, surgery for two weeks from today. So the surgery was performed successfully. And I, uh, eight days after the surgery, the pathology reports came back. The tumor that was in my ascending colon that was causing an 80% blockage turned out to be an eight centimeter uh, tumor that was high grade dysplasia. So it was right there on the verge of turning uh, into cancer. So fortunately, the uh, surgeon was able to remove everything successfully. So um, I started my journey now uh, with this hereditary colon cancer syndrome and having a permanent ileostomy. So my, my life having a permanent ostomy as well as this hereditary colon cancer syndrome, I wanted to learn as much as I could about both uh, the ostomy, life as an ostomy, uh, as an ostomate, I'm sorry, and then um, having a hereditary colon cancer syndrome. Now, the mutation will and has manifested in other organs. So uh, as a result of this mutation, I have to undergo routine endoscopic procedures. Now, the endoscopic procedures that I need to have uh, there's three different ones they do at one time it, it, during the same visit while I'm sedated. One of them isn't available in Hawaii. So I was flying to Palo Alto VA Hospital there in the San Francisco area to have the endoscopic procedures done by the director of the GI clinic. I started that in 2014. They said to come back in two years. So in 2016, I actually started my life all over again. And I relocated to California because I knew 
that there was going to be a, the, the older that I get, the higher percentage that that mutation will manifest in my lower stomach and beginning of my small intestine, which will require another surgery um, to prevent the cancer, uh, prevent the mutation from manifesting in the cancer and reaching my pancreas. So from 2016 up until last September of 2020, I had my routine endoscopic procedures performed at Palo Alto VA Hospital. And last September, my, the GI doctor, he found a three centimeter adenoma in my beginning of my small intestine. And he recommended that I consider surgery. So this surgery is called pancreas sparing duodenectomy resection. I know that's a mouthful. So basically what we need to do is remove the lower part of my stomach, the beginning of my small intestine, and then resection the bile ducts to my pancreas and remove my gallbladder. So I agreed with the, that recommendation because I knew that uh, based on the research that I had conducted over the previous years, that this surgery was, um, was required, was necessary um, to prevent the, you know, the mutation from turning into cancer. Uh, I asked where I could have that surgery performed because I knew that was out of the scope of the, any of the VA health uh, care um, uh, facilities. And he recommended uh, Stanford University, which was you know, just down the road from Palo Alto. Actually, it's in Palo Alto, just down the road from the VA hospital. So I said, okay, that sounds good. And he, uh, the, the director of the GI clinic at Palo Alto, he recommended a surgeon who is one of the nation's leading pancreatic cancer surgeons. Well, come to find out the director of the GI clinic at the VA hospital in Palo Alto is on a loan to the VA from Stanford University. So he, he knows the uh, surgeon he referred me to personally and professionally. So VA referred me, Stanford accepted my, uh, ref the referral and the surgeon, um, he accepted my case and I went to see him October of last year for a visit to discuss my case. And he already knew that uh, I had done a lot of research on this mutation and he, we had a good conversation. And I asked if we could have the surgery performed no earlier than the beginning of March. And that was a personal recommendation. And that was because baseball season starts in April. And I wanted, if I'm going to be home for a couple months recovering, I want to be able to watch baseball. That's my favorite pastime. So, <laughs> That's funny. That's and, great. And and with that, and with that, there's there's um, there's an analogy that I came up with. What does life and baseball both have in common? Neither have a time limit. So mm. when baseball, when a baseball game goes into extra innings, I think of that as free baseball. So in my eyes, I'm a colon cancer, you know, warrior. So my life is an extra inning, so I'm enjoying free baseball. Nice. Yeah, that's right. That's good. But, 
Well, I mean, you're, you're a testament to, to survival. That's for sure. So this last surgery, you want to just finish that out? This last surgery went obviously well enough for you. Absolutely. Yeah. The surgery was performed at Stanford university hospital, April 8th. I was an inpatient for 20 days and we, um, that three centimeter adenoma, the pathology report came back and it was high grade dysplasia. So it was right there on the verge. Now, keep in, keep in mind, September of last year, when they found that adenoma, mm-hmm. it was low grade dysplasia. So, wow. excuse me, in six months, it, tur- it turned. And if it would have gone any longer, it would have impacted the pancreas. And we know what that, uh, what that mm-hmm. ends up being. Yeah. So fortunately, everything worked out. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm home now re- resting and uh, doing my exercises and watching a lot of baseball. That's an amazing story. Um, I'd like to get into the mindset of how you dealt with all of this. I mean, obviously, you have a positive attitude, but I wanted to drill down a little bit. And maybe if you have for all of us some... Uh, I know you have a couple of mnemonics that you devised, you know, little tips that you use. And while they obviously helped you in your situation from our prior discussion, I think they could be very, very useful for any of us in any of our situations. So if you don't mind, maybe you can tap into that a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Well, what happened as I adopted four words after my diagnosis nine years ago, And those words are attitude, faith, adapt, and purpose. And attitude to me means everything. You can can wake up in a bad mood, but that mood is temporary. Attitude is permanent. So I I have a positive attitude, and that had a direct impact on my faith. And faith in general, faith is believing in something we're unable to see. So you look out the window and you see the tree branches swaying in the breeze. We see the effect of the breeze, but we can't see the breeze. So I kind of took the word faith and I broke it down into an acronym, full assurance influence through hope, because what is faith? Having hope in something we're able to see. So my, my positive attitude had a direct impact on my, my faith, which had a direct impact on my ability to adapt to life as an ostomate. And the word adapt, I broke that into an acronym. Attitude determines the ability for a positive transformation. And between my positive attitude, strong faith, ability to adapt to life as an ostomate, it impacted my life to uh, my purpose. And what's my purpose? My purpose is to share my journey as a source of inspiration and encouragement to those who read about it or hear about it and to continue the legacy of Dr. Henry T. Lynch in hopes of saving lives. Dr. Henry T. Lynch is the founding father of hereditary cancer research and he is credited with the discovery of attenuated FAP back in the early 90s. Now, Dr. Lynch at the time was the director, among other things, the director of the preventive medicine at Creighton University, Omaha, Nebraska. Now, 
my genetic counselor and colorectal surgeon were colleagues of Dr. Lynch. So seven months after my surgery at 86 and a half years old, guess who shows up in Hawaii? Hmm. Dr. Lynch. So I got to sit down with him after one of his academic lectures at the University of Hawaii Cancer Center and discuss my journey. We had an hour and 50 minute uh, conversation and I carry a binder with my medical records in any medical setting I go to. He reviewed everything. And as a result, we stayed in contact through email over the years. So my routine endoscopic procedures, I would send the pathology reports to him and he review them and give me his feedback and insight. And if I had articles, some articles I was writing for numerous organizations, I would send him my draft for him to uh, give me some feedback and insight. So um, just going back, so my so attitude, faith, adapt, and purpose, those are the four words I adopted. Now I have a mantra. My mantra is always forge ahead with a purpose. And if you take the first letters of each of those words, it spells AFAP. And always forge ahead with a purpose is a positive spin on a bleak diagnosis. Because there is no cure for attenuated FAP. Um, it will impact estimated less than 0.03% of the global population. That's, that's based on what Dr. Lynch had shared with me. Um, there are no statistics. And my hope is one day, uh, maybe there'll be statistics and I can, you know, by sharing my journey on numerous platforms, not just nationally, but globally, it would impact uh, the medical community in a positive way. Yeah, I, I mean, A, I'm glad we're doing this. This is just an amazing story. And uh, B, I, I, you know, we don't know each other, but I would, I have to tell you, I'm proud of you as a fellow traveler. This is a pretty strong journey that you're undertaking. And, you know, you're finding hope in everything that you're doing. And I think that's a wonderful thing. So bless you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Kai. I appreciate the kind words. And, you know, it's just, like I said, it's, um, it's, it's an honor to have the opportunity to share my journey on numerous platforms globally. I mean, um, I've gotten probably up to 14 guest appearances on podcasts, uh, internationally. And then, um, Articles that I have written or were written about me after I was interviewed by the by an editor, that's probably up to around 30. Um, I've really lost count. But the big, the two big um, organizations that I that are tracking me, and I'm sharing a lot with them over the years. One is called the United Ostomy Associations of America. Yeah. The other one is um, the Colon Cancer Prevention Project. So I'm very close um, to both um, of those organizations, sharing my journey uh, every step of the way with them. Uh, there's other organizations over the years. However, the closest ones are the uh, United Ostomy Associations of America and the Colon Cancer Prevention Project. Okay. Uh, I'll put those links into uh, the show notes. 
Also, is there any way for someone to reach out and contact you? Let's say someone has a question for you. Is that possible or? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my, my email address is dandrydockshockley at gmail.com. Okay. And I'll put that into the uh, show notes as well. Absolutely. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, what an inspiring story. So, uh, Dan, I hope we can keep in touch, you know, even if it's not necessarily more interviews, but on the other hand, it may be, you know, that we have something else to talk about. Uh, I think your acronyms are absolutely spot on because I mean, they're, they are the way of an emotional warrior. You you've had to become a warrior. I really do want to point out to the audience, something you mentioned earlier, which is that one of the first things you did was to undertake your own research. And I think it went past WebMD. I, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I found that to be true, period, that at the end of the day, you're responsible for your own health. And I mean, I think doctors and hospitals and medications, yes, but you are an integral part of your own health and healing. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, the challenge too, for me, it's a personal challenge from my journey because this is a rare mutation that there's not that much information about. I have access to Dr. Henry T. Lynch's peer-reviewed publications. Mm -hmm. I have, um, there's several of them. Well, he's, I mean, I have several of them. I know there's, there's a lot more than what I have on hand that I've reviewed. Um, but what I reviewed was led me to where I'm at today. And, um, you know, I'm very comfortable and, and happy um, with everything that's that I've, uh, fit, uh, I've been challenged with. And, you know, I'm just helping out the medical community the best I can because even on my medical team or medical teams over the years, there's not many um, individuals, medical professionals who know about the mutation that I have. So I share my resources with them. And that's, you know, that is, that's, a, that's amazing. Now, Dr. Henry T. Lynch, at 91 and a half years old, back in June 2nd, actually two years ago tomorrow, he passed mm. away. Mm. So that's the other reason I want to continue his legacy, not just um, nationally, but globally, because... You know, you got to get that. We need to get this information out there. Yep. To help others. Well, we we have a global audience, so they will certainly be looking at what we're talking about here. Awesome. Uh, is there any departing words you would love to thoughts you would love to share with the audience? Well, I just you know the 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 whole that my take home points are about the attitude, faith, adapt, and purpose. You know. Um, uh, uh, another uh, mantra I have or another analogy uh, mindset, I should say, is worrying did not cause my condition. Therefore, worrying is not going to make it go away. I adapt and provide and overcome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's something that uh, my military experience equipped me with to um, go about my life and uh, be able to overcome adversity, whether it be professionally or personally. And, uh, and I continue to do that each and every day. And I, you know, like I said, I, 
I'm definitely uh, very appreciative of the opportunity to be on your platform and who knows where it goes from here. This is just a amazing yeah. opportunity. And I'm a, I'm a mouthpiece, you know, for individuals who have a hereditary colon cancer syndrome and, uh, you know, take on your personal research, <laughs> prepare yourself. And, um, you know, there's in life, just in closing, I'll say in life, we have two choices. We can react or respond. And I choose to respond. And the way I do that is I gather information so I can make a intelligent decision versus reacting and making a, a rash decision that I may later regret. And I feel that I've been able to respond to my diagnosis and you know, it led me to having my latest surgery, and let's let's hope that that's the the last one I'll need. Yeah. But in the meantime, you know, just uh, do uh, you know, maintain a positive attitude, and and um, always forge ahead with a purpose. There you go. Well, may you have many extra innings, my friend. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for being on the air with us, and. We'll wrap it up with that. Hey, thank you for sharing your time with us today. We would like to know what your thoughts are on today's topic. Please join the conversation on www.kyennis.com and at Instagram at Way of the Emotional Warrior. So have a great day and be well.